What's up guys? Welcome to the But First Coffee Wake Up Call. We are entering into another season. Fresh thoughts, fresh ideas, fresh content. I hope you enjoy it. So when I was a kid, I remember hearing don't be mean to people because then you won't have any friends. Don't be mean. You won't have any friends. Mean people don't have friends. Mean kids don't have any friends. And I've been reflecting on this and how it's impacted how I show up in the world. It's impacted and questioning how it's impacting in my marriage and in my relationship in some way. And just observing, right? Because that statement has all the good intentions. I know I've probably said it to my kids. It has all the good intentions of trying to teach children to to get along, to share, to make friends, to not be rude in some way, to not hurt other children. But don't be mean. You mean kids don't have any friends. It's such a vague statement. And there's so much that is relative and so much that is conditioned in that one statement. So first look real clear at like what is mean even mean? What does it mean to be a mean person? Typically, and I've noticed this in my son and we've had to go through some deconditioning and some different teachings and some getting more specific is he will say someone was mean when he was little, he would say someone was mean or a kid was mean when they didn't do what he wanted when they didn't do it the way that he wanted it to do, when he asked to share, asked to play, and they said, no, well, you're mean. That's not being mean. (laughs) But that's what we're taught, right? So that right there is an example of how setting boundaries is mean and not a good thing. And how there are consequences to that that are really not great, right? Like it's poised when that when parents say and teachers like mean kids won't have any friends you won't have any friends it's poised to to leave this impression that having no friends is a really bad thing like that's that's a that's a no-no that's wrong like you that's not allowed that's not a great thing you should be worried about that be concerned about that which then you look at how many kids through the rest of their elementary years and into middle school have a lot of anxiety about friendships, about where do they sit at lunch, about where do they belong and where do they fit in. So now we're stuck with this two-part phrase that has done quite a bit of damage because it's teaching people that how you want to behave and how you're what your boundaries are and what your likes and dislikes and what your needs and wants need to be compared to the needs and opinions and reactions of others. And you need to kind of weigh them and measure them and uh, compare them to what others may do and make sure that it is a good reaction. So we are now taught to change and alter ourselves to make sure that we get the same reaction that we need to get or the the quote-unquote good reaction, the nice reaction from other people. We need the approval of others. And this idea that like you have to make friends 
it's such an interesting thing because as I grew up and as I went through my childhood and my adolescence and even into adulthood and I look at I look at friendships, I look at relationships, and I look at my marriage. Right? These are me involving myself with other people on all different levels, from coworkers when I used to work in an office or in a building with other people to clients to the most intimate relationship and connected relationship I have with my husband. We're taught that not having friends, not being friends with everyone, right? That's the insinuation. It's a bad thing. And as I've grown, I've come to realize I'm not meant to be friends with everyone. I can't be friends with everyone and be myself. Like I will be sacrificing a lot of myself and putting a lot of energy and a lot of effort into controlling how I think other people need me to show up so that they approve of me and let me be their friend. And if I don't show up as me, that puts a lot of resistance within my own body, a lot of dis-ease within my own body, which then just compounds on itself over time. But I'm friends with everyone, and that's a good thing, right? But if I show up as myself, and if I'm construed as mean, then I don't have any friends. And to our survival instincts, like at our very core, we still have a lot of survival instincts that are very tribal, a lot of frequencies in the world that are still focused on being tribal. I have a lot of tribal circuitry in me to begin with, in my human design, but being kicked out of the tribe and being exiled and not being included in the tribe at a very primal level meant death. Like if you were on your own, you died. You didn't have a tribe to protect you, provide for you, to be a part of, to be contributed to. You were exiled and excommunicated. And that type of isolation is extremely detrimental to the human body and mind. We saw a lot of the effects of isolation when we had lockdown in 2020. And how not having human touch, not having interaction of any kind and not being allowed to, how detrimental that is to... The elderly, we saw it extreme in that, those cases. Two babies being born, we're still going to be seeing the effects of that decision of that in the long run. It was a brief stint, but it was long in the, in the moment of isolation and of separation and of being separated in a lot of ways from the tribe. We're still going to be seeing a lot of those effects as these kids that started kindergarten and um, the children that were in schools. And we're going to see a lot of that stuff still ripple out. We're going to see effects of that, consequences from that as the years continue to develop. But one phrase of don't be mean, mean kids don't have friends, right? One, one statement has so much heavy conditioning that is detrimental to how we develop. And like, I'm an adult, right? Like I hear that. So I have wisdom. I have experience. I have understanding to draw from. I have 36 years, almost 37 years of experience to draw from and to reflect and to critically think about what is being said by people and to show up differently. Children don't have that. They don't have that experience and that ability to compare and reflect on things. They take things 
and they create meanings around them based upon their very, very, very limited experience with the world and experience with people. That's the point of being a child is to try and figure out how does this world work and how am I supposed to show up and be in it? And it's trying to figure it out. It's trying to learn the rules and and how to be alive in this world. This is why conditioning is so detrimental and it sticks with us and we see those patterns from when we were kids. It's the same patterns when you're an adult. It's the same pattern. It may show up slightly different because you're an adult and you do interact with different people and different things and you do have different choices, but it's the same pattern at the core. This is why getting to the core of what is actually causing the problems in your marriage is imperative because it's shit that you're just going to keep repeating again and again. It's going to show up that started when you were a child because it was what you learned as a foundational belief for how you had to be and how the world works. How do you interact with other people? We learn a lot of that as kids. We learn all of that as kids. And so that limited perspective and the limited experience as a kid and the meaning you gave that, that simple statement, which as a grown-up, we are sarcastic and we are satirical and we are cynical. We say a lot of things that we know mean don't need other things like the way that we communicate as humans has become very convoluted and complicated and a child doesn't have the capacity to understand any of that they take words as they are given and put meaning on them based upon their very limited experience and it causes a lot of damage so I say this one because I think it's an interesting reflection for parents to be aware of the things that you have said to your children not to make you feel mom guilt or dad guilt or to feel like you've failed and ruined your children. Every child has their own journey and their own path. And that is a hard thing to sit and accept and to let go of because there are a lot of days when I know I sit and feel like, God, I'm a horrible mom. Like I've ruined my kids. I know things now that, man, I screwed up. Um, that's not the point. It's not meant to make you feel horrible and guilty. It's just about the awareness. Because when you start to have the awareness you get to start to shift things within yourself. So it's interesting to me to start looking at that pattern of if I'm mean, I won't have any friends. And I'm questioning how does that impact how I have shown up in my marriage? I've done a lot of work on myself and being able to show up as myself, speak my boundaries, speak what I need, say no when I mean no. And this is still a practice for Andrew and I. That simple concept of I don't have to do something just because I know it's the response that he wants. If I, and he doesn't either. If I ask him, hey, do you want to, let's say, go for a walk? He can say no. He's allowed to say no. And I may not like it. I can ask, hey, let's go out to dinner. And he can say no. He can say, I don't want to. He can say, no, thanks. He's allowed to decline. And I have to be able to sit and feel, what does that make me think? Does, am I grumpy about it? Because for a while I would be. <laughs> for a long time I would be grumpy when he wouldn't do what I wanted. I wanted him to say yes. And especially since I'm the strong-willed one. I'm the one with the defined ego. So, And he doesn't have that in his energetic design. So the way the mechanics work between us if it comes to a battle of the wills, like I'm the one that's going to win because I have that energy and that capacity and it feels so forceful and intense to him. 
And it's not my job to lessen myself, but to simply be aware and to give him the space and to not put pressure and to allow him and to build that trust through our communication that when he says no and he is allowed to say no, that my response and my reaction to that is to accept it and be okay with it. I'm allowed to be upset about it. I'm allowed to be hurt by it. I'm allowed to be disappointed by it. But I don't get to push that on him in an an emotionally manipulative way. I don't get to then pout and be like, oh, that's such a bummer. I'm so like, I really wanted to and to manipulate him to changing his mind because what I wanted him to say was yes. Right? That's a huge thing in relationships. And what I'm reflecting on is that comes from this belief that we formed when somebody said something along the lines of don't be mean, you won't have any friends. When we started learning that how we respond to people isn't what we want. It needs to be what we think they want and need from us. We started compromising ourselves, compromising our true answers. It's very difficult in a lot of marriages that I've worked with over the years to accept when their spouse says no or declines or doesn't do what they want them to do. We need to be okay with that. We need to learn how to feel and be aware of ourselves and what's going on in our in ourselves and in our own bodies and feeling our response and reflect on where does that come from? Why am I really upset? A lot of the time it's because they didn't do what I wanted them to do. And we need to learn to accept that from other people. We see this in the world on a very large scale all the time. Control becomes an issue because people want people to do something and when they don't, they get pissed about it. They get angry about it. They call names. They throw dirt. They they shove people down. They argue. They get angry. They fight. We have wars, right? Because what what one person wants a group of people to do or a specific person to do and they don't, well, then they have to make them. And we have a whole lot of coping mechanisms and manipulative tools that we use. Emotional manipulation is a very, very big one in marriages. So where else do you see this in your life? Because is it true? Define being mean. Define what that means. The majority of the time, it's ridiculous how often we believe that being mean is actually doing what we need to do for ourselves, what we want to do for ourselves, what our truth is, but it's not what the other person wanted. If I don't do what the other person wants me to do or what I think they want me to do or what I think they expect me to do or what I think they think I should do, then I'm going to be mean. They're going to view me as mean. I shouldn't say that because that's not what they want me to say. I shouldn't use those words because that's what somebody's not going to like that I said that. Somebody's not going to, doesn't want me to use those words. And what I have learned about friends as an adult Man, I am not, I'm, I am a two, four. So I have my hermit phase and my opportunist. I have a network, but building my network does not mean that every single one of those people has to be my very best friend. They don't have to be on the same level. Every relationship gets to be different. And I get to to determine where those boundaries are for every single relationship and person. 
every single person I meet has different boundaries, different rules, different expectations. There are different dynamics because we are two different people. And I have to allow that. And the friends that I have are at all different levels. The quality of friendships and the depth of friendships that I have and the people that are closest to me are very, very few people. But they are the people that I have chosen to build relationships to that depth with. We have such a fear of I'm not going to have any friends. Nobody's going to like me. I won't belong. And it's all bullshit. If you get in and you start questioning and you start getting specific, fear, shame, and guilt don't like when we get specific. They don't like when we shine a light on it and actually look at it and ask it a question. So ask the questions and start looking at where are these things playing out in your life? Where do they show up? Are you still worried about being seen as mean, being considered mean, being considered a bitch? being considered a bastard, whatever other terms you can think of that we use in this world. How does it show up in your marriage? How does it show up in your relationships? Where are you not comfortable when somebody tells you no or gives you an answer that you didn't want? Can you allow them to have their answer? And you need to deal with how you feel with it. You got to process your side of it now. You need to alter course. Because them not doing something doesn't mean you have to sacrifice what you want. Right? Like my walk example. Like I can ask Andrew, like, hey, do you want to go for a walk with me? I want him to walk with me. That's why I'm asking him to go with me. He can say no. And what I wanted was to walk with him. Yes. But I can still go for the walk by myself. So I'm still doing the things that I wanted. And yes, did I want time with him? Yep, absolutely. But it's not required of him to do what he doesn't want to do just to make me happy. There will be other ways and other moments where we will have time together. Because that's how our relationship is defined and it works. Because we want to be in a marriage together. We want to be in this relationship together. And time together is a part of that. It is something that we are very clear about that is important. And it matters to both of us to have that time together. We've communicated that importance. But that doesn't mean we have to do everything together. And he has to do everything that I ask him to do with me. Or that he asks me to do with him. We each get to be independent and sovereign And make our own decisions. I'm allowed to say no. And he's allowed to say no. And the other person has to respect that. That's a big thing in this world that we need to learn how to do. So if this rang some bells and you're starting to see reflections in your own marriage about where these pieces are showing up. And seeing deeper into some of the surface level experiences that you're having with your spouse, some of the disconnect, some of the lack of depth, or some places where you can just do better and have more and make things a deeper connection between each other, respect more, develop more sovereignty, develop more connection through the sovereignty. Uh, Get into the Precision Program. It's a group program. It's six months. It starts December 1st. We're going to be focusing on, it's not a couples program, so it's focusing on you and what your desires are and noticing the patterns and seeing the issues that are actually deep at the core 
that are rippling out to cause a lot of the surface level experiences that you're having, a lot of the symptoms that you're experiencing. Uh, And we're going to shift things. We're going to start creating a better, more connected, deeper, more trustful, intimate, passionate relationship, the type of marriage that you really want to be having and are capable of having. The depths and the heights that you are capable of having in your marriage are endless. And it continues to blow my mind the way that Andrew and I continue to develop our marriage in a lot of different ways over the years. And I truly believe that every relationship has that potential. So precision uh, starts December 1st. Applications are currently being accepted. You can find the links on my social medias and all the places uh, to apply. If you have questions, send me an email or a DM and we can uh, talk more about it. But that is, that's all I've got for today. See ya. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. You can find me over on Instagram at Kelly Grino, G-R-I-G-N-O-N. Looks like Grignon. Happy to see you show up there and observe you interacting with a lot of my content and things that I share. I hope it all resonates. If you have questions, comments, ideas, if you have invitations for me in true projector style, you can send them to kgrino, G-R-I-G-N-O-N, at gmail.com. And I'll talk to you soon.